here tonight. Come on. There we go. Wake me up before you go, go. <laughs> that would be a weird, like, to come up to that song. That'd be awesome. How's it going tonight, guys? This is cool. I've never seen it all in, like, one spot. I can't, like, pace now. It's going to be weird. I have no one to look to on the sides. But um, so tonight, guys, uh, I'm really excited to uh, be speaking with you guys. It's been a while since I've been able to uh, come and talk with you guys, and I, and I just love being here. Um, and so tonight, we're just going to kind of conclude a series that we've been going through this last, I don't know, three, four weeks, four, five weeks, something. This is a part five of the Freedom Series. You can get it on the Crux Cast now. Yay! So you can go on there. I know uh, all three. Andrew and Emily and Dominic have killed it. Every time I've seen it, I've been on my knees in the front here crying. It's been super good. So if you get the podcast, you can be in your room on your knees crying. It'll be great. So, um, but anyway, I'm just going to welcome the Lord. God, we just, we love you, Jesus. We, we so welcome you here tonight, God. God, we ask that you would be with us. You'd be in our midst, God. And we just give you tonight. God, we say you are worth the cost. As we said earlier, Jesus, I surrender all. I lift my hands to you. I surrender all. Here's my heart, God. And so, Lord, tonight we say you can have our heart. You have permission, God, to do whatever you want in our hearts tonight because we trust you. And we just want more freedom to see you for who you are. So, God, we give you some permission tonight to remove any hindrance um, in our lives that would hinder your love from going deeper. You have permission to move tonight, Jesus. So just fill us in. Thank you in your precious name. Amen. So um, <clears throat> so I just got back a couple days ago, actually. I was out in Colorado. I've never been to Colorado. Has anyone here ever been to Colorado? Yeah. So kind of, kind of. But it's it's one of the most beautiful states I've ever seen. It looks like Narnia when Aslan came and then all the, all the winter died, you know? It looks like that. It's beautiful. You don't even need a wardrobe to get there. You just need a plane. It was so awesome. It was so beautiful. And I, I flew out there because I had a friend of mine, um, him and I, believe it or not, we actually, for about three months, we lived in Cambodia. Cambodia is a little, uh, little tiny bitty nation out in like Southeast Asia, right next to like Vietnam and Burma and Thailand. It's like right in the middle of those nations. We were out there for about three months together and he was getting married so I flew out to his wedding to see him and it was awesome there was like a huge reunion pretty much of all these people from around the world that were missionaries coming together um, into this spot just to celebrate uh, the marriage celebrate uh, and so uh, of course stories all come up like everyone's talking about this time when they were in Ireland or in Asia or in Cambodia or in China or all over the world and everyone it was just this beautiful reunion of people just telling stories of what God is doing in the nations it was so encouraging it was so awesome to be a part of and so Riley like I said uh, it was him, this other guy came out, his name was Tom, um, and he is an awesome guy. He's like a spiritual dad of mine, and he was out there as well. The three of us, we lived in Cambodia together, and you get really close to people when they're the only the only two in like the nation who speak your language, right? And you're stuck with them for three months, and you all live pretty much in the same room together. You get really close, really tight with people. That's why when years pass, you'll still fly out to their weddings because you're like, dude, I went through things with you that I may never go through with anyone ever again, right? Like, 
like weird problems you don't have in America, you know, like that 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 may never happen again. And so this one, uh, I, I I love it. I got there and um, immediately, it's one of my favorite stories from when I was in Cambodia. But immediately Riley, he was like, dude, remember when this happened? And immediately Tom jumped in, yeah, oh yeah, remember that? And they started telling everyone uh, the story of something that happened with us when we were there. And it was so awesome to finally feel like it's not a dream. Like this really happened. Like oh my goodness, I'm hearing other people tell me this story like and i i was there it's so cool and so i just want to share it with you guys um because we had when we were out there it was kind of riley he's like this tattooed up guy he's like super like um into like screamo and tattooed up and he had dreads and all this kind of stuff right and he's a missionary out in cambodia and so he's just like this raw kind of guy tom is like 50 years old glasses super nerdy like all he wants to do is play settlers of Catan. if anyone's ever played that um and so t- these are and then me in the middle of them and we're like the three amigos we're just best friends the three of us and so we're sitting there tom came up with this thing that he called um entitlement killer is what he called it. And it was a little jingle he created where he'd be like, entitlement killer, is like what, what, what he would sing. And he would sing it anytime he felt like there was an entitlement in your life that was flaring up that needed to be killed, right? And so for those who don't know what entitlements are, entitlement is basically something that you, you believe and you deserve. Like, I deserve this. I'm entitled to this, right? It's something that you really believe or someone believes or whatever that you deserve something. So anytime in America, we have a lot of things that we believe we deserve that in Cambodia, they don't really care. <laughs> like you're in Cambodia and there. And so it's, oh, it's hot. And Tom would be like, it's hot to make killer. You know, or be like, oh man, there's bugs everywhere. It's hot to make killer. You know, like all these, and all the times this little jingle. And the last thing you want when you're aggravated is someone walking up to you and be like, it's hot to make killer. You're like, ah, oh. like that is so frustrating. He's like, it is. So you're frustrated. Entitlement killer. You're like, oh man, Tom. And so basically, we're sitting there one night, and um, there was it was hard. Like I've been to like twenty something nations on missions trips, and Cambodia has been the hardest by far. Just by far the hardest. It was just like sweaty and hot and like raining all the time and like bugs everywhere. And it was just crazy. It was the most like third world I have just ever been to, right? And so we're out there one night and one night we were just, as like these people, we we're just so tired. We're like two months in, we're still gonna be there another month or so. We just wanted a night to like check out and watch a movie. So it's pouring rain like harder than I've ever seen it in America, right? And we're, we're, we're sitting there and we go, we find a, a screen and so we go to it and we just say, hey, the only movie I have on my computer is Emperor's New Groove. So we're going to watch it. And so we watched Emperor's New Groove together, laughed. We loved it. Uh, it was raining, right? The movie ends. We're getting ready to go to bed. And then we just hear this sound just going like this like humming kind of sound. And we're just like, what is that? Like, what is going on? And so we walk outside and the rain stops. They're like, it's not the rain. What is going on? So we walk outside, and, and l- there are these bugs everywhere. You know the story. <laughs> there are these bugs everywhere, right? Every single light is covered with bugs. And we're like, where did they come from? And no joke, the local translator, what he says, he's like, oh, that's these kind of bugs that are very rare. They come out they, cu- they live underground, like, in their, like, egg dormant state or whatever, and after a really, really hard rain when the water goes deep enough, it wakes them up. And they come up out of the ground, and they live for one night. And they just wreak havoc. And I'm looking at them, I'm like, this is like a horror movie. Like, you got to be kidding me. There's no way. Are you serious? And Riley's just like, oh, oh, oh. And Tom's like, I'm Kyle McGillan. 
<laughs> like, and we're just like, oh, man. And so I walk up to the light, and I go to take a photo, and when I flash, it goes, flash, and all the bugs see the light, and they go, boom, and they come on me. And Riley reminded me, I forgot about this. He said, I, I remember when he said it, but I just went running, like, get away! Because they're these little bugs that have four wings. There's nothing like I've ever seen here in America. I didn't even know they existed. And they're just going after you. So I run. Tom's laughing, yelling, entitlement killer as I'm running. And I'm running up into my room. And I basically, we get into my room. Riley and I, Tom's in the other room. Um, and we basically, we have a local guy named Sakuin that we're, like, he's in our room with us. He's a local from Cambodia. And so we're there. We shut the door. We have another friend named Johan. He's Korean. And he came in as well as one of the missionaries. So the four of us are in there. We're sitting there like, okay, we're totally good. That was that was crazy. And then also we start hearing the mm-hmm, happening again, and we're like, whoa, what is that? And well, is that them? They're coming. They're like, oh no, like they they found us because we turn on the light in our room, so they all started coming, right? And so we we sit there and we just hear it like so loud, and we open the blinds. The entire window is caked where you can't see out the window. It's a screen, and they're all on it, just trying to get in, and they're all just like. Dah these crazy bugs and we're like whoa this is like a apocalyptic zombie horror movie but it's my life like this is real like this is actually happening to me right now like this is real life and so basically i i don't know why i just started making fun of them because i was just like what now we got a screen you know i was like stupid bugs you can't get us you know i, I just made me feel better for some reason because it was hot and it just we we're dying there and so i'm sitting there and uh riley's like uh taylor and i'm like what now yeah what's these things and He's like, no, no, turn around, turn around. And we turn around, and there's a crack in the ceiling, and there's single – these bugs I've made – there's a line going down. There's single file just coming down into our room. And we're like, oh, no. So we, like, take off our socks and blankets, and we're trying to stuff the hole. And then he's like, oh, wait. And we turn it underneath the door. They're trying so hard to get in. They're literally ripping wings off of them. They're coming in all slimy and gross, doing whatever it takes to get in. So we're like, oh. So we're trying to, like, stop them. And we're like, Sakuan, what do we do? You're the local. And he's just laying in bed, and he's like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. They're like, it's not okay. It's okay. It's okay. And we just hear Tom, the other room, we're like, Tom, that's not helping. Like, okay. And so we sit there and we're trying to figure it out. All of a sudden we hear a rip and there's a hole. They create a hole in the screen. They like ate through it and they start coming into our room and we're just freaking out. We're like, oh man. And we're screaming. Riley's just like, no, no, no. Freaking out. We hear Tom laughing and Tom. Like, shut up, Tom, okay? We do not know. We can't do this. And, and the Johan, he's the Korean guy. We look over, and he's wrapping himself in a blanket, and we're just like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm out. I'm done. And we're like, what do you mean? You can't just be done. You can't check out a life. He's like, I'm done. And he just he mummifies himself, lays on the floor, and puts a fan by his face and just goes to sleep. And there's bugs crawling over him. He's like, they're not inside with me, so uh, whatever. And he just goes to sleep. And we're like, you're of no help. And then we're like, Sukuin, like, we have to leave. What do we do? And we're like, Sakuin, what do we do? And he's like, it's okay. And we're like, it's not okay. He's like, oh, it's okay. And we're like, no, it's not. And then finally he ca- he's like, no, no, look, look. And he catches one, and then he eats it. And we're like, and Riley's like, oh, no, no. And, and, and I'm just like, no way. I can't believe that. You just ate it. And he's like, oh, it's okay. And then he rolls over and goes to bed. And so Riley and I, we're in this together, and we're like, okay, man, we're, we're abandoning ship. We're bailing. We're done. We open the door, 
only to realize we left the front door open. And so there's about three times as many bugs in the room that we opened up. So we're like, we got to go. Open the door. Oh, and shut the door. We can't go. <laughs> like, we're better off staying in here. And so we're just freaking out. And then Sakuin's like, you have to turn off the light because then they'll stop coming. And we, then we're going to be trapped in the dark with these bugs. And we're like getting hit pelted the whole time as they fly by and hit us. And they're crawling on our feet. And we're just like, so we turn off the light and we're in the dark. You just hear Riley going, oh, duh, oh, oh. <laughs> like, and we're just getting pegged. And finally, we get a little we get a little bucket of water. We put it in and we hold up a little light over the water so that they see the, the light in the water and they fly and they hit the water and die. Right? We're just like, ah, we got it. Like humans, we thought of it. We figured it out. And so they're flying and we're just sitting there in the dark. It's like three in the morning. And we're just getting pelted all night, like just holding a little light over the water, like trying to get as many of them just to go in as possible. Right? And so somehow we make it through the night. We wake up in the morning. It was like a war zone. You get out and it's just like your feet are crunching on stuff on the floor and every single one of them's dead i don't know why he said they only live like one night they were all dead they're all over the floor dead we open it up every single one of them's dead the whole hallway we go downstairs the locals are praising god worshiping they're like oh the lord's provided like your team brought a blessing upon us also we're like what are you talking about and they're putting them all in these pans and they're putting them in the oven and then pulling them out and they're like the lord's brought food and they're like they're sitting there and they're eating and they put them all in bags and they just take them to go and they just eat eat these little th like cracker jacks all day long and we're they're like you guys you guys blessed us and we're like that was the worst night of our entire life and, are you serious and they're like oh god has provided and we're like this is it's all perspective, I guess. I have no idea. And so basically, <laughs> and the entire time, Tom, stop it, <laughs> right? So we were reminiscing about this story when I was out in Colorado. It was so refreshing to be like, oh, yeah. You guys are the ones who survived the night with me. <laughs> like, you, 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 you know what I'm talking about, right? And so basically the reason I bring this up is because um, a lot of times this directly has to do with entitlements because we're talking about Tom saying, like, the entitlement you thought you had to not have bugs crawl all over you? Yeah, that's gone here in Cambodia. Like, you have to have a good attitude now, right? And so but what happens, guys, is so often in our lives we have, like, this guarded spot of our heart, the safety room, all this stuff. And what we do is we don't take, we don't take notice of these little cracks in the wall, these little uh, holes under the doors, these little things that maybe just one entitlement gets in, one little bug, one little lie, one little thing, you know, so what, you know, I just, I need my Facebook, you know, it's one little thing God really doesn't care, you know, or, oh yeah, well, I just like air conditioning, or oh yeah, I just like this kind of food, or oh yeah, I just like, and we base all these things, and then slowly but surely, the room of a heart begins to fill up with entitlement after entitlement after entitlement after entitlement, right, and people yell, they see it in you, and they're like, entitlement killer and you're like shut up <laughs> right and, and basically every a heart eventually gets completely overtaken by complete just entitlements of these rights that we think we have of i deserve this i deserve better i you know and our attitude changes based on like the music i'm listening to or based on the movie don't tell me i can't watch that movie and now and then we get angry right because our heart has become so infested with opinions and entitlements and things that we're assuming are god that when anyone challenges them we like flip out and we get offended right and so tonight we th there has to be a moment where you say okay it's going to be hard but i'm going to turn off the lights i'm going to do whatever i have to do i'm going to kill these things i'm going to stuff them smash them put water whatever i can do to clear out the entitlements of my heart so that there's freedom in my heart and that there's not these nasty creatures in there that make it so no one can live inside of it right because the room of your heart is always meant to be a shelter because when you walk outside there's twice as many entitlements out there in the world twice as many lies twice as many things right so it's not you're not going to get safety out there in the 
world. The room of your heart is always meant to be a place of safety for others and for you to be intimate with the Lord, right? And so if, 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 if you don't seal up these cracks in our hearts, then game over. Our heart looks exactly like the rest of the world out there. And so tonight, what I want to talk about is freedom from entitlements, freedom from these little things, these little bugs, these little lies, these little, so what, you know, I, so I get angry if I don't have 4G. What does that matter with anything in life? Well, it's one more little bug that then we make an excuse in our heart to basically justify not acting like Jesus when it's taken away from us, right? And so that's the thing is we need to crush all these little bugs in our hearts so that we have freedom in our lives. That's why it's a big deal. It's a little thing. It may not be some big sin issue, but it's a thousands of little things that make your heart and our hearts completely unsustainable for people to dwell near or by or around, right? So I want to talk about an enti- just an entitlement because I believe we are a pretty entitled generation. We're a generation that we believe we deserve a lot for no reason at all. <laughs> and so what is an entitlement? I said earlier, but basically the more the definition is like basically having a right either by our government or a law or a contract or a belief, the, the right to have or do or to get something. The feeling or belief that you deserve to be given something based upon something you did or some law that is like in effect, right? I have the right to this. Some examples of this are good. Some things like freedom of speech that you're entitled to because people fought and they died to give you this entitlement that says no one here can take away your freedom of speech right but there's other entitlements too of like wages so the law a lot of laws are kind of they grant you entitlements or a lot of the wages of i worked 10 hours i worked 40 hours i deserve payment for my job and if i don't get that i'm entitled to the money that i worked for right and if i don't get that then i can take it to the government there's been a, a law has been crossed things like that right and so those are just some examples, but if you notice, the entitlements in our society are basically protected uh, by laws, right? Laws and wages. And what is if what happens? The reason we keep them is because we're afraid that if we break them, we'll break the law. We're afraid that if we break these entitlements that are in society, that we will there will be a punishment. If my employer doesn't pay me, he's going to get punished, so he has to pay me. I'm entitled to this, right? And so, basically, if you notice that the place where entitlements begin is the same place where a law is set up or a, an offense is set up not necessarily crossed but set up in a place where an entitlement is crossed is the same place where offense begins right because i've crossed this line now i've been offended and i deserve my rights i deserve my entitlements right i deserve my money all these things right so the problem though is that basically these laws and all these things are completely relevant, and the entitlements are relevant to the place that they're made for, right? In a, I, don't, I was in China, and I used to live in China, and then I went over to North Korea, and basically both places, the government is entitled to make sure you don't have freedom of speech, right? In America, it's totally opposite, okay? But there, no one has freedom of speech, and it, in fact, the government says if you speak out, you've offended us, and the law states we can punish you, Right? And so what happens is entitlements now, they are completely fueled by the law, fueled by uh, fear of offense and punishment, and they are completely relevant to the place that they are assigned to be, right? They're completely relevant to the country or state or wherever they're in, right? And so in the exact same way, so goes with the entitlements of our hearts. There are these imaginary, mental, emotional, physical laws we set up in our hearts that are relative to the country of my own heart, and if you cross them, then I deserve justice. 
I deserve, you know, to, to be offended. There's an offense, right? And what happens is if you're around a friend that's completely entitled, you are constantly afraid of breaking the laws of their hearts that they've set up. You're constantly afraid of breaking these areas and offending them. And there's a fear of then they're going to get angry and lash out and there's a punishment, right? So the exact same thing happens in our hearts. But the problem is, what do you do when there's hundreds of people around us? Every person has set up these entitlements in their hearts that are all different. And if you cross them, then you've crossed the law in their heart, the law in their mind, and, and they think they deserve uh, basically justice, right? And so the thing is, guys, is this is completely contradictory to the Bible. The Bible is like so clear. It says in 1 John 4, 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. That means entitlements fueled by fear cannot be fueled by love at the same time, right? And so that means anything that is, that is fueling off of fear is not the Lord, right? Anything fueling off of offense is not God, right? And so... This is the exact opposite. This is the exact opposite of what God gives us. What's the opposite of an entitlement? It's a gift. A gift is something that involuntarily, it was, it, you didn't have to do anything. You didn't earn it. I'm giving it to you. you. A gift, by definition, is something that you did not pay for. Right? It's something you did not earn. It's something you don't necessarily deserve. It was given unto you. Okay? And so the, the thing is, what happens if a gift is crossed, like in a timeless cross? Well, nothing really, because it was a gift. You don't have to receive my gift. There's no law that says you have to take what I'm giving you, right, as a free gift. And the minute you try to earn a free gift, it's no longer a gift, it's a wage, right? It's no longer something given to you, it's something you earned and paid for. So, a gift by definition has no law in it, and by definition cannot create offense. I mean, you can, you can deny my gift, I guess. But at the same time, if, I, if it was a gift and it was involuntary anyway, I shouldn't get offended by that, right? And so the thing is, gifts are completely opposite of the entitlements. The fact that something is a gift by definition means it cannot be an entitlement. And you have to choose to either pick up an entitlement or pick up a gift. You can't hold on to both of them, right? And so... Why is this important? What does this have to do with anything? Well, because many of us have taken these concepts of American entitlements and we have assumed them to be biblical truths. We have taken these gifts or these entitlements or whatever like America says they are, gives them to us, and we assume that because America gives me free speech, that means by definition I am entitled as a human to free speech. Tell that to the Christians in China. Tell that to the Christians in North Korea. Right? Because uh, the Bible is actually very, very, very clear that you'll be persecuted for your faith. Actually, that's a promise given to us by Jesus. We don't walk around in fear. We don't walk around in all, all these like weird, you know, oh no, someone's going to persecute me any moment. But when it happens, I wasn't entitled to it anyway. Right? I, I, I was never actually entitled to the freedom of speech. So if it's taken, it doesn't change my Christianity. I've never, I was never actually, there's no God-given entitlement that you have to be, get, get, have so much comfort in your life. You have to have so much, uh, uh, so much money made in your life. You have to have so much food in your life. You have to have so much freedoms in your life. There's nowhere in the Bible that specifically says, I promise you're going to make minimum wage. <laughs> right? 
There's nowhere that, that, that actually says that. It's an entitlement given to us by American culture. And the problem is then when we don't get it, we assume that it's God. And God, God's taken, taken away from us something, right? But it was never, it was actually a gift. It was not an entitlement. And if it's a gift, then whether I have it or it's taken away, I, I, I can't get offended for it. Because nothing in me has been crossed. And so we have become a generation who's forgotten the cost of freedom and has made up entitlements, basically, in this place. We forget that freedom itself wasn't free. Thousands of people have died for us to have the gift of freedom of speech. So if it's taken away from us, it's like we can't base our Christianity off of it, right? We have gifts here in America that we cannot base our Christianity off of. Because if freedom of speech got taken away from us tomorrow, I'd still be preaching the gospel to people, right? Because that, that, that's, that's in the Bible. <laughs> so we live to, uh, there's a different uh, standard we're living to here. And so, basically, I believe that we have become one of the most entitled generation that has ever lived. Because we have so much coming at us, so much to distract us. And because of that, I believe because an entitlement sets up potential for offense, I believe that we are potentially the most offendable generation that's ever lived. I think we walk around with more offense in our hearts than any other generation that's ever been alive. I think we walk around with more entitlements than any other generation. We walk around with this, uh, I don't understand the cost. I, I, I deserve this mentality more than I think even our parents lived in or the generation before that, right? And I think we're, we're, we're a nation that basically encourages even entitlements a lot of times in our culture. And so that means that we, what does that mean for us as, as, as Christians, it means that when we have entitlements in our heart, we're allowing law and we're allowing fear and we're allowing offense and we're allowing all these things to be in our hearts. This is why it's important to get rid of it. Because every entitlement we get rid of, we're, we're, we're getting rid of potential offense in our hearts. So, as Christians, we're called to live regardless of entitlements. That's a good thing. <laughs> Why? Because, remember, you cannot hold a gift and entitlement at the same time. And the Bible says that our life is a gift. It says that very clearly, it says that this thing called grace is a gift given unto you. You have not earned it. So by definition, we cannot pick up grace and pick up entitlements at the same time. You have to choose one or the, one or the other. To, live, to be a Christian is to live every detail of my life through the lens of grace, which is synonymous of living every moment of my life as a gift from God. Because grace and gift are the same thing. You can't have grace without a gift behind it. This means that nothing that anyone can do to me deserves an offense in my heart. Because my life is only by the grace of God, which means that my life is a gift, which means that if it's taken away, I, I can't be offended. So this is why if someone even persecutes me and to tries to take my life, all I can say is, God, forgive them. This is how Jesus had no hold in his heart. Because he lived everything through the lens of grace and the lens of a gift. There wasn't a single entitlement in his heart. And if anyone could be entitled, it should have been Jesus. God himself. He has a right. Because <laughs> he made everything. And he, and he casted them aside. So, Ephesians 2a says, For by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is a gift of God. Not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. 
So the reason this is important, God made your salvation and my salvation a gift. Because if he made it done at all by works, that he, you would be able to potentially say, my, I am entitled to salvation because I've earned it. And you'd potentially be able, if salvation was through works, then you could say, God, I deserve salvation and demand an entitlement from him. Right. And, and we all know that this is just absolutely, I mean, this is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, you're, you're more likely to climb to like the moon and back with silly string or Laffy Taffy as your rope. Like there's, there's no way that you could possibly ever do this. Sorry, I have to come up with creative analogies because I'm a youth leader. So, hey, so, uh, and if you picture it, people are picturing it. How does that work? It doesn't. That's the whole point. So, hey, so basically you cannot get based on works, which means you cannot get based on your entitlements, which means it has to be through grace. It has to be through a gift. Right? So according to Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. According to Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. If this is true, that means that every single person has sinned, right? Every person sinned, whether it's a little lie or not, right? And that the only wage I am entitled to, the only wage that I have earned is death itself. The only thing, the wages of sin is death. So if you want your wages and if you want your entitlements that bad, it's death. And, and the reason this is important and it applies to everyone is because if it's one little lie or if it's the horrible worst person you could possibly think of, it's death itself. And the reason it's like this is not because God's sitting there going, death. He's not this angry judge, death, death. It's not like that. No, no, the Bible says that, that Jesus himself in John 14, 6 says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Which means Jesus himself is life. And in 1 John 4, 8, it says, anyone who does not know God <clears throat> doesn't know love because God is love. Right? So the thing is, God is love and God is life, which means if you separate yourself with him in sin, the only result is fear and death. Which means that even if I lied one time in my entire life in that moment, I separated myself from life and the vacuum outside of life is just death itself. So God doesn't even have to sentence people to death. It's just the minute they, they, they choose not to be with life, they're choosing death itself. This is the wage of what we've earned. This is the result of entitlements. This is, what we, this is what we get. This is our entitlement. This is the one thing I am entitled to in life, is death itself. This is why the next part of that verse is so important. But the free gift of God is eternal life. We have a choice to choose our, by, to live based on entitlements and wages or to choose based on gifts and grace. And we cannot have both of them. We have to choose to put down our entitlements if we're choosing to pick up grace. For too long, the American church has tried to pick up grace and hold on to their entitlements. For too long, we've tried to hold both of them, and it's not working at all. There has to be a place where you say, okay, I'm actually going to count the cost, and I'm going to lay down the entitlements and hold on to the gift of grace. So I, I can't hold on to both of these at the same time. This means I have to lose my entitlements. I cannot be a true Christian and have entitlements at the same time. Because if our, if, our if our Christian faith is based upon the grace of God, which is the absolute opposing of wages and law and entitlements, that means, it, it, guys, like, just to be real, if, if we want to have entitlements, then we chose the wrong religion. 
If we want to be a people that holds on to our entitlements, we should start looking for different kinds of churches like that. Because the Christian church, by definition, lives on grace. By definition, lives based on the gift of God. Which means I cannot, I'm not entitled at all. Everything is a gift. Which means if anything's taken, I can't be offended. I didn't earn it in the first place. You can't take away something away from me that's not mine. If I don't own it, it doesn't matter. It, it was never mine to have in the first place. My own life is a gift, which means if it's taken from me, I have no right to be offended because I don't own it. So you have a few choices. I must either live as a Christian and in doing so abandon my entitlements or I can abandon myself into Christ. I can keep my entitlements. If I want to keep my entitlements, I'm going to have to choose something else besides Jesus. If I demand to keep my entitlements in my life, then I've chosen, I've chosen to not fully understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. I can't hold on to the gift of grace and my entitlements at the same time. I know I'm hitting this hard, guys, and it's like, bam, 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 because I just so believe it has to get crushed out of us. Because God is in the business of giving good gifts which means he's in the business of crushing entitlements because you can't have them both at the same time. So every time I receive a good gift from my dad, there's also entitlement that needs to die, right? So, I know. Now you know how I feel every single time when you're like, this hurts, and he starts looking at you, you're like, oh man, dude, I didn't even know I had this many entitlements. Like what? And so, the question, guys, is uh, can we go on? Do you want to be free from entitlements then? Am I, uh, I mean, you can only move forward if you guys want to. Do I have permission to move forward and crush some entitlements tonight? Do you give me permission to expose some of them that we may not even know we have because we're so used to having them in our society? Is that cool? Are we in? For the sake of freedom in our hearts, so that our hearts can become rooms to protect people and intimacy with Jesus. The Bible in Song of Solomon, it talks about the, uh, basically, catch these little foxes before they ruin the garden of love. Your heart's a garden of love between you and Jesus, and the foxes are these lies and these entitlements that try to get in to eat the fruit of the love of you and Jesus Christ. So do, we should be excited about this. This is something that freedom and repentance is like, thank you, God, I can be free now. I had no idea I was carrying around that chain. I had no idea I was carrying around that level of baggage. Thank you. A lot of times we see his repentance as just like, turn it back, repent. And we're like, oh, man, all right, I'll repent. You know? And, and yeah, in, in actuality, we need to be like, thank you, God, I had no idea. I had no, thank you for being so obsessed with freedom in my heart that you'd give me the chance and the opportunity to use my free will to repent. Thank you, God. Thank you. So do I have permission tonight? All right, so a couple, let's go after it then. Uh, let's just say this is gonna get real practical. Uh, a, a couple of entitlements in our life, I believe one of the number ones, I believe most entitlements can kind of be separated into two categories here. Uh, the first one I always see and I see it destroy mission trips, destroy lives, is this entitlement of materialism. This entitlement that says, I have a right to my physical materials. I have a right to my physical comfort. I have a right to, to the different items in my life. 
And, it, you know, it's like the whole, I, I worked hard. I deserve this, you know. Like, sure, I don't have money for an Xbox, but I worked hard. I'm going to get one anyway. I'll just put it on my credit card. I'll figure it out later. Like, I deserve this, right? And it's this weird, like, this weird connection we have with materials and, like, collecting things and grabbing things and holding up all these things as though th they'll comfort us, right? And, and basically, this is the, the entitlement that basically, remember, Remember that entitlement, if you break it, it causes offense, right? And it causes a breaking of the law and fear and punishment, right? So this is the entitlement that basically says, if you mess with my stuff, I'm going to get offended with you. So this is the entitlement that says, I have a right to an iPhone. I have a right to my Android. I have a right to my 4G network. I have a right. And, and if, if I'm in a spot where I can't get my cell phone service, then I am going to basically put my Christianity aside for a second and get really mad at Verizon over here or AT&T or whoever you got, right? Or I have ordered, I ordered an In-N-Out 20 minutes ago. This is unacceptable. I'm going to put my Christianity on hold for a second and go freak out at the manager. I have a right I have a right. This is an entitlement. You see this? This is, I mean, this is absolutely just ridiculous. Come on, can we laugh at this? This is just ridiculous. Like, in China, they're like, I will die for Jesus Christ. And here, we're like, dude, that guy cut me off on, he cut me off on the road. Okay, I'm going to speed up, put my Christianity in the back seat, buckle it up for a second, and then I'm going to go over there and yell at him and shake at him and all this stuff, right? <laughs> I cut him off. Let's see how he likes it, you know? Like... Are you serious? And we're like, and then if anyone calls us out on it, we just now offended them because we crossed the entitlement that we said, dude, that was, you probably shouldn't have done that. You know, like, it's a chill out. Like, the burgers are coming, man. Hey, dude, come on, I have a ride, man. This is ridiculous. I paid money. And so what we're saying is we're forcing people to live based on the law and based on wages. And if they cross it, then they get the fear of our wrath, right? And so in the moment, we're choosing to live under the old covenant, the law, the fear. And we're putting down and we're, we're like basically throwing down grace and we're picking up the old law. And we're saying this is how it is because I'm entitled to this, right? And it's just – I'm sorry, guys. It's just ridiculous. It, it's just absolutely ridiculous. The, the right to say I, I have a right to a comfy bed. I have a right – to my coffee in the morning. Don't talk to me until I get my coffee in the morning. And if you do, and if I'm a jerk to you, then I can throw off the excuse of, well, you know, actually, I just haven't had my coffee yet, man. Don't talk to me until I get my coffee. And we're like, oh, okay. I'm glad you can throw off your Christianity because you don't have caffeine in you yet. You know? Or, oh, oh, I was tossing and turning in my bed all night. I got a kink in my neck. I'm sorry. I have a headache. Okay, that's cool. We'll pray for you, man. That's awesome. But you don't have a right to be just mean. Right? I'm sorry, dude. I'm just having a bad day. Okay, I understand. I love you. We, as Christians, we give more grace than anyone else, right? So we're not going to we're, we're, we're being nice and we're giving grace and stuff like that. But, but just because I woke up on the wrong side of the bed doesn't mean I have permission to be a jerk to people. Right? Because when I signed up for Christianity, I, I laid down every, everything else, right? This is the only way you can live in Cambodia and be a missionary, right? Like, I, I mean, it doesn't, I don't have a right to air conditioning. People are like, oh, man, dude, why are you being so angry? It's just hot, bro. Okay. Like a million people live here, and they found a way to be nice. <laughs> like, okay. 
Like, it's cool. It's all right. I get it's hot. I'm sweating with the best of them, okay? Like, I get it. Like, I have a layer of sweat and sunscreen and then bug spray and then more sweat. I have four layers on my body at all times, right? Uh, but that doesn't give me an excuse to be mean. Right? I'm not entitled to anything except for death itself. I picked up the free grace of God. Right? It doesn't matter if I have one meal a day. In, in Cambodia, guys, we got like two or three meals a day. It was rice, and it was a bone with a little bit of chicken on it and some skin and like no joke hair. I didn't know chickens had hair, but it was coming off of it. And I'm like, this is my meal. And they're like, yeah, beans, rice, Jesus Christ, praise God. And they just kept eating. And we're like, all right, awesome. I have no right to have a bad attitude right now, right? So I could do this all day. This is fun. I could just, I, I'm just telling you guys. People are like, you know, I, I only got 10 hours of sleep. I'm, it's, it's just, it's ridiculous. I have a right. I have a headache because I got 10 hours of sleep. I overslept, and now I have a headache. So I'm going to be mean to you all day until I get my coffee, Right? This is what we do. Come on. It's like, this is totally what we do, right? Oh, I didn't get to take three showers today. Mm, right? I think it's take two or one. In Cambodia, we had a little bucket of cold water once a week. We could fill up and go, okay, here's a shower. Three, two, one, go. <laughs> All right. One more week to go. Like, you have no excuse. There's no, that's how it is, right? That's just, that's life. That's how we live, right? And so this, guys, uh, this is just so huge. If all it takes for the devil to release death through your mouth is you waking up in the middle of the night and not getting sleep, then uh, you're going to have an entire lifetime of waking up every single night, in, right? Because if, the, if all it takes is for the devil to put a little traffic in front of us, for us to put aside our Christianity, expect traffic every single morning, right? This is like, this is, I mean, this is just real practical. Come on. This is just practical stuff, right? Just, just, I took the concept, and now we're taking the practicality, right? And so, so another one, I mean, I mean, guys, like, give us freedom, God, please. <laughs> give us freedom from our entitlements. Man, here's one. What's a social media fast? What does that mean? You mean I can't be hashtag plugged in every single day of my life? Like, I can't be connected to the entire world at once? At the, at the palm of my hand all the time? What do you mean I should put my phone on airplane mode? What? You're crazy. I have a right to this. You know? Like, this is, the, this is what we do. We People flip out. I've seen people flip out more over social media and entertainment than anything else. You don't have a right to tell me I can't watch horror movies. You don't have a right to tell me that there are these bad, bad movies with, like, basically it's porn on, t on the theater and it's rated PG-13, so it's okay now. Right? And we say, well, it's, it's cool, you know, it's PG-13, and I'm 18 or 19, it's cool, Jesus is cool with it. It's like, I don't think the Holy Spirit's anywhere in this room, right? And yet, we, and yet, if someone confronts us on it, we flip out. We totally flip out, we're like, you don't have a right to judge me, you know? <laughs> it's like, okay, all right, that's cool, you know? Um, yeah, it's awesome. So, uh, the second one I would like to just kind of crush tonight, can I, give, can I give a little more, is this okay? Can we get free, can we get freedom tonight from our entitlements? Is that all right? Because the thing is, guys, the more, so the, the thing about entitlements is an entitled person is an offended person, right? The more entitlements I have, the more offendable I am. And offense, if you have a lot of entitlements in your life, you have a lot of potential for offense in your life, right? Which means you're not going to be a very happy person. So if you want more joy in your heart, then you better cr start crushing your entitlements. Because if you don't have entitlements, then you have no potential for offense, which means now people can't they just can't offend you. You're unoffendable. So you have joy just all the time. It's great. The happiest people in the world have no entitlements. 
And I'm saying the more entitled you are, you'll find it. You'll find the more grumpy you are all the time because you're constantly like that person did this to me again, right? So anyway, so I would say that's materialism. I think I, we hit that pretty good. The 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 second one here it just has to do with what I call emotionalism. Yeah, materialism, emotional. I don't know if it's a word or not, but we're just going to go with it, right? And so the thing is, an emotional emotional entitlement. Yeah, get ready, buckle in, roller coaster. Hey, hands in the air. It's more fun that way. Okay, so this entitlement states that I have a right to my emotions, and my emotions are true to me, and I have a right to make my emotions my reality. And I understand you have a right to your emotions in the sense like you feel like I love emotions. I'm kind of an emotional guy. I was up here like with Dominic crying up here earlier. Like Dominic and I, our, our English teacher in high school called us anguish males. And we're like, that's not nice. And she's just like, it's good. Aragorn's an anguish male. We're like, but the, he's sad all the time. Like, that's lame. And she's like, it's a compliment. It means you're sensitive. And, and we got older and we realized like we prefer the word Davidic, like David, you know, because he's just that guy. Have you read the Psalms? He's all over the place, man. Like, he's just, he's all over the place. So we like to say we're Davidic, right, after God's own heart. So I'm all after emotions. I think it's great. I think they're awesome. But the problem is when we say my emotions are now my truth, which means my, they're my reality, which means if you don't line up to them, you've now crossed the line. You have now crossed my entitlement to my emotions, which means you're in the wrong. I deserve justice. Right? And so here's... It, this, I call this the Burger King entitlement, have it your way, right? This is just absolutely ridiculous. Like, this is, this is just, okay, so the number one, one, I, one of these I see is the right to your opinion. Can you show me a verse that says I'm entitled to my own opinion? And I get, I get the concept, you know, you can say what you want. I get that free will. I totally get that. But the Bible actually says if your opinion doesn't match as God's, you're wrong. God's not up there saying you're entitled to your opinion. No, Jesus says, I am the only way, the only truth in life. Jesus himself says that his message is going to cut a sword between families because it's so offensive to people. Because people, because it's the only one, one of the only religions that says, this is the only way. And if you notice, we're in a society where everyone's like, just be tolerant, just like. You know, it's cool. We're all coexisting together. You know, let's make this world a better place, right? And, and it's impossible without Jesus, right? It's like putting makeup on something that's already dead and trying to make it look alive. It's like finding a dead corpse and trying to put makeup on it to say, hey, look, he's kicking, he's alive, you know? And he's like, no, he's dead, bro. He's totally dead. Like, Jesus is the only thing that can bring life, right? And so it's ridiculous to say there's any, so that, that idea of you're entitled to your opinion, well, I understand you have, um, you know, I understand you can say what you want because free will, but our opinion got us in trouble in the first place. Our opinion said, that apple doesn't look so bad. I know we're not supposed to eat it, but I'm just going to eat it anyway. It's going to make me wise in my own opinion, right? And so we ate it. Our opinions got us in this trouble, right? Like, like, come on. Like, guys, come on. Like, I want freedom from my opinions. I want God's opinion to be dwelling in my mind all the time. I want his thoughts, his mind, his heart, his feeling all the time. I can't afford to be walking around angry because people are offending my opinion all the time. Okay, so next one is just disrespect. I hear this all the time, guys. Oh, man, they just disrespected. You say it tends to be men. Sorry, guys. I'm just calling us out. They disrespected me. I didn't like the tone of their voice. I, uh, you know, they said it wrong. I deserve to be treated right. I, you know, and people flip out. And I see Christians all the time f just flip out and get angry and throw their Christianity in the backseat for a second because they were disrespected. 
right? It was not very respectful when they spit on my Savior. But he said, Father, forgive them. It wasn't very respecting when they tore him apart. And all he said was, God, forgive them. And the very one who wasn't very respectful when they denied him. And the first thing he did when he saw them again was he ran up and hugged them and said he loved them. And if my Jesus can do that, I don't care what kind of curse word you say at me. Like, I don't have an entitlement. I don't have a right to get angry at you. I don't have a right to get offended. I have no right. I gave that up when I became a Christian. So a lot of times we live based on our feelings and feelings are good. I love, like I said, I'm probably one of the most emotional guys in this room. Like I totally get it. (laughs) Like I love to laugh, love to cry, all that stuff, right? So I get it. But last time I checked, we're not defined by our feelings. We're defined by Christ, right? And so the idea that my feelings are my reality just cannot be because Christ is my reality. So two more and then I'm done, I promise. And then we're done. I know people are like, it hurts, it hurts. No, no, it's cool. You just last a little longer. Let's just push it. Just, we're already here. We might as well just talk about it, right? You know what's a really good to talk one to talk about is relationships. Who? Right? So that, that's one of those ones that people, everyone thinks they are entitled to have a relationship. Everyone thinks that they're entitled, and, and they're just like, I know, but I love them. It's okay for me to compromise my integrity. I love them. <laughs> it's, it's okay to completely like sleep outside of marriage or to do all these things that are destroying and callousing my heart, right? And doing it totally outside the plan of the Lord because, you know, I, I love them, right? You like that, Will? <laughs> that's that's the, the motion of love right there, right? So basically, this, this, it's this entitlement that basically says, until I'm married, I'm always going to be dissatisfied. And you see Christians all the time who are daily just like, okay, I'm just looking. I just, I'm just waiting. Okay, God. Okay, God. You know, and I, I want to see Christians who say, God, whether they ever come or not, you're worth a lifetime of worship. You're worth an eternity of praise, whether I ever have it or not. Right? And the Lord, he wants us probably to get married more than we do a lot of the times. He's the one who created it, you know, so hey, go figure, you know, so we can trust him, you know. But at the same time, the idea that we can just be like so consumed with singleness that we lose sight of one of the most special seasons of our life. Because when I'm single, I'm able to say, all I got is you, Jesus. Here, it's me and you. Let's do this thing, God. Right? So. A lot of times I see, and, and I just see people saying like, sure, I know this is unhealthy and, you know, and I got all this stuff all over the place, but, you know, I, I just feel like, uh, you know. But even relationships itself, when I, last time I checked, is based on God and then based on covenant and then thirdly based on feelings, if that. <laughs> right? First it's the Lord and then it's a covenant made and then finally feelings. I have no entitlement to this thing. Uh, marriage is a gift from God which means I'm not entitled to it at all, right? So, all right. And then finally, the last one is just this, this idea of forgiveness. I, I meet people all the time who, are, who just say, you don't know what they did to me. You don't know what they put me through. You don't know how they hurt me. You don't know, I don't have to forgive them. I'm entitled to how, how I feel, man. 
And I get that. I don't know what you I, I don't know what you went through. I don't know what happened to you. I don't know. I don't know at all. But I know that they tore apart my Savior. I know that they spit on him. I know that they they stripped him naked and they put him up on top of a pole for the whole nation to see. And they tortured him to death. And if his only response was, God, forgive them, then I have no right to say anything else besides that. I don't care if somebody took my phone. I don't care if they were mean. I don't care if, if, if they, they hurt my feelings or they cursed me. Like, all this is sure I care in the sense that it hurts, but in the broad scheme of life when I'm like, oh, they told me I can't watch this movie. And then I look and I see it, my shredded up savior on the cross. I look at the two in comparison and I'm like, I don't even care about the movie. Who cares? Like, I, I, I don't care. I don't care. And it's so many times I see people, they come up and they're like, but they hurt me, but they did this. And I get it. It hurts. But look at Jesus and what he went through. And if all he could say is, Father, forgive him, I don't have a right to say anything else besides that. It's Father, forgive. Father, forgive. Father, forgive them. I know it hurts, but Father, forgive them. I don't, as a Christian, I don't have a choice to have unforgiveness in my heart. If I want to be a real Christian, that means forgiveness isn't an option. It's just normal Christianity. It's part of daily life is I forgive God. I forgive every second. I just keep forgiving. It doesn't matter. I forgive. I get breaking, but I'll forgive. Right? So if Jesus himself can say, Father, not my will, but yours be done. Right? If that's all he can say. If, if he just says, Father, not my will, but yours. Then that's pretty much all I can say the same thing. I know that was an awesome scene. It was great. <laughs> so eventually what it comes down to, guys, and I'm ending on this so the band can co totally come on. Entitlements are not a personality or a circumstantial problem. They're a surrender problem. That's what they are. Someone who carries entitlements has not counted the cost of following Jesus. So uh, the place, guys, where your entitlements uh, basically kick into place or turn on or whatever is the very same place where you're kicking out the Holy Spirit and, and telling him that he can no longer have lordship in your life. Because if Jesus isn't Lord of all, he's not really Lord at all. And so what happens, guys, is the moment I choose to follow my entitlements and follow my flesh, follow my offense, that's the same moment that I stray away from surrender and lordship of Jesus Christ. The place at which I grab onto these things is the same place where I give up surrender when I let go of it. Guys, I'm, I'm just looking for a generation of people who can, like Paul, just say, yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus. For his sake, I discarded everything else and I counted it all as garbage. It's nothing. My entitlements are nothing compared to the surpassing value of knowing Jesus. So it needs to be a call to basically just repentance. A call to the repentance that says, God, I need your help. I, I need your freedom. Guys, it's actually possible to live a lifestyle where there's no offense in your heart. It's actually possible to live a lifestyle where rejection is no longer attacking you because you're so valued. You so know everything's a gift, and so it's no longer hurt. It's not an offense anymore, right? It's possible to live an unoffendable life. It's actually possible. 
the question is, are you willing to pay the cost for? Even if the costs are your entitlements. Are you willing to have freedom? Even if it means saying, God, I have no right to even my life. Is God enough? If he called you to another nation around the world, is he still enough? And I'm just looking for people, even if it's just two people I'm talking to. I'm looking for anyone who's willing to say, God, I actually mean it when I say I surrender all. I'll pay the cost. I'll pay the cost to hold on to this free gift. The cost of my entitlements to hold on to the free gift of grace. I'll pay it every day. Regardless of the materials I get for it. Regardless of for how I feel all the time about it, sometimes it might not feel good, but God, you're worth it. You really are worth it all. So what we're going to do tonight, guys, is um, I'm just going to ask, they're just going to play this song. And for those who really mean it, I'm, I'm going to ask to actually make a statement and basically come forward and come here. And basically what I'm going to do is I'm just going to get on my knees and I'm just going to say, God, I actually do surrender all. God, I'm going to count the cost. God, you can have my entitlements. God, you can have every single thing in me and who I am. You can have it, God. And God, I'm sick and tired of uh, being absolutely trapped and enchained by my own opinions and by my own feelings and by my materials. God, you have the right to take it all away. And for those who are willing to surrender it all and move forward and say, God, from this point on for the rest of my life, you have the ability, like you have permission to expose my entitlements and to completely crush them out of me. Help me to live in grace, God. And for those, I'm going to ask to come forward. So what we're going to do, guys, is we're just going to go into worship. I'm going to put this down, and I'm just going to get in a place of saying, God, I surrender it all. I give it all to you. You can have it all, and it, whoever you guys are welcome to join me. For all those who are willing to pay the cost even up to life itself. So let's just worship him, all right?